Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now you're most welcome back to the second hour of Down to Business. Bobby here, keeping you company all the way till one o'clock today. This is the show that talks to the most interesting people in Irish business. You can text me here, 53106, it'll cost you 30 cent. Email me at downtobusiness at newstalk.com or our WhatsApp number is 87 106 I'm also open on Twitter at Bobby Carr and our hashtag as always is Bobby Means Biz. Lots to come in this next hour. Shortly I'm going to be chatting to three garden designers about managing their clients' green expectations. In our executive chair I'll be talking to Miles O'Grady who is the group CEO of the Bank of Ireland. Plus, I visit a canning factory in Rathcool to see how water tastes from a can. Now, as part of this week's industry review, we're getting some fresh air with a panel of garden designers and landscapers. Here to tell us all about the nature of the work is Nicola Haynes. She's a landscape designer. Mark McDowell, he's the principal landscape architect and garden designer at Hockter Smith. And Dermot Gavin, well-known celebrity gardener and landscaper, is also with us. You're all very welcome to the programme. Nicola, before we get into the ins and outs of landscape, design, colour, I want to just talk about Bloom. Uh, You won the gold at Bloom this year. Can you tell us what your design uh, entailed and what it was you won gold for? Yeah, thanks, Bobby. So I won a gold. There were right. several golds um, given out this year. So my uh, sponsor this year was Citroen, and the garden was called Power of One. And it was an alternative front garden uh, to show how uh, different ways of using a typically underused space. Okay. Um, yeah. And did you have to incorporate elements of citron into the garden? Is that how it works? Or Yeah, I suppose yeah. There, were, there are elements that, that you might have... Um, the two Vs of the old, yeah, the old uh, citron Diane, something like that? Exactly. Okay. We had those, yeah, on the path, uh, on the brick path going up to the front door, but we also had, we had insect hotels and we took inspiration from the um, single-spoke steering wheel that Citroen were famous for, okay. and the two CVs, so we had those um, sort of represented in, in the insect hotels, but Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about you and indeed your business. Yeah, so I studied architecture in London. So I came at, at landscape design somewhat sideways. But um, I met my husband, Stephen Tierney, in London. And uh, when we moved to Dublin in uh, 2004 and we set up Tierney Haynes Architects, I suppose we decided then that it would be useful to have um, another, an additional hook to be able to... Um, separate ourselves yeah, out uh, from the competition. Yeah. yeah. So at that stage, I was really into growing vegetables. So um, I then studied horticulture at that stage uh, with the idea being that when, then we could um, offer a design of the house and garden at the same time. So, uh, and that, yeah. The rest yeah, so, and so do you find then that uh, having come from a, an architectural background, again, incorporating horticulture, the yeah. package with you and your husband then became... Landscape, landscape gardening is almost everything you do now. It is for me, yeah. yeah but still, our, our business is predominantly architecture, so I'm a very small part of that. Okay. Um, and the, and the guys we have fantastic um, uh, guys working with us, and so they would dip in and out, but generally it's architecture. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark, um, you're very welcome to the program. Mark McTell, principal landscape architect 
and garden designer at Hochter Smith. Tell us a little bit about you. You're an Australian, first of all. I so am. So there's got to be a story in how you got here. <laughs> <laughs> I am, Bobby. Um, I was blessed to meet an Irish girl back in about 99. It's always love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had six older brothers who were a lot bigger than me. So I was once I was here, I was never getting back out. But um, I, uh, I studied landscape architecture in Melbourne. Uh, I worked for uh, a few practices there, mainly Taylor Cullody Lethling, who were involved in sort of large public realm works. Yeah. Um, we had some success with the Australian Garden, um, Sydney University. Uh, my last posting there would have been with the Perth Waterfront. Uh, then Beautiful city. It's oh, yeah. a lovely, lo- lovely, lovely place. Good weather. Uh, but my wife and I, since 2000, have come and gone from Ireland uh, about four times. Uh, and we've been back since 2014, uh, have four kids, so decided we needed to put down roots. Uh, I was lucky enough to work with Park Hood, who are based in Belfast, and looked after a small office for them in Athlone for a while, for um, streetscape tenders, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, before working for Hockter Smith, where I work now predominantly on garden design and um, small commercial work. Okay, very interesting. And our third guest, uh, somebody who's known to us all and a good friend of the show for many years, uh, Dermot Gavin, uh, gardener as well, landscaper, artist. Um, you're very welcome. Um, tell us about, you know, the world of the landscape gardener, Dermot. We're hearing it here from both Nicola and Mark coming out slightly different way. You came at it from another angle again. Well, yeah, I suppose. First of all, it's great to be here. Great to be here with others. Uh, yeah. The garden creators, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. That's what we all do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a suburban Dublin boy always wanted to create gardens to change that space to the back and front of the house. And I suppose the way I came with it, I was really bored looking at, I was bored looking at Gardener's World on Friday evening on television, everything was so restricted. Every garden on the road and every other road had a cherry tree and a lawn <clears> and bedding plants and uh, rockeries and all that sort of stuff. And I was watching things like Top of the Pops, David Bowie and reading magazines that were a bit out there. And I thought, if those people can be creative, why can't we? Because I think we'd all agree we're in the most creative of all the craft or art forms because we get to work with architecture but with soil and then with plants and with an ever-changing yeah. you, you know, seasons and climate and, and all of that. So I wanted to do things a little bit differently. And, and as somebody who's been in the business a long time, Dermot, the relationship that Irish people now have with their garden, it, it's, it's, it seems so much more every day than it was. In other words... You know, we all like to eat outside. We're trying to bring in outside into the home. I think there's been an evolution, yeah. has there not? There, there really has radically. So I would have left school in 1982 and gone to college in the botanic gardens in 1985. You know, there weren't garden designers in Ireland. Uh, so there weren't. There were hardly landscapers. Yeah, uh, you know, you did if you were in the business anyway. You had a nursery and you did a bit of this and a bit of yeah. that and whatever. It has changed completely. It has changed that relationship now that architecture is so popular on the television. That indoor outdoor thing is uh, very important. But the big change, I think, has probably been since. COVID and people realising what a valuable space they have 
and wanting to care for the planet, even in that small space. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Mark, back to you for a second. Uh, mm. When we talk about Australia is well known for its love of the outdoors and maybe you were at an advantage uh, having grown up there and having, because I think we were maybe late to the party on this side of the pond. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think Australians have a, a good relationship with living with the outdoors. Um, and I can certainly see that that has happened here in Ireland. I know since I've been here, uh, design for outdoor spaces has changed quite dramatically. Yeah, um, People are really, and as Dermot was saying there, especially since COVID, really valuing um, your external spaces. Uh, now people really enjoy the, the lifestyle garden. And as you were saying, extending that space from the home to outside. But I'm also finding that people would like a sort of a, a unique or authentic experience with nature. Um, I know in my own back garden, things like having a, I introduced a sand circle uh, lately, which for me, I suppose, is reminiscent to the Australian shores where I'm from. Uh, but the amount of uh, pollinator planting, wild planting that I have around that supports that, large rocks, more natural elements yeah. have become something that people uh, really enjoy. Yeah. Um, Nicola, when you're designing uh, a garden, you say there are three things that you like to include in your projects. Uh, saving rainwater, growing your own and composting. Can we just talk about those for a second? Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, it's, it's, uh, I have noticed certainly since I've been uh, here that uh, um, I suppose people have a different relationship um, and it's changed, I suppose, the relationship or what people are looking for in their gardens and this idea that we're sharing our space, uh, sharing our outdoor space more with, with wildlife as well is, is um, really gathered momentum lately. So, um, I try to get those three things across in my gardens. I don't always win with, with clients, but um, I just think if I can really double down on enthusiasm for those three things, then at least, you know, the gardens that I design um, have those. And, and saving rainwater isn't that, is, is it, I suppose it can be as complex as you make it, but there are relatively simple systems there that everybody could embrace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can just be as simple as, as having water butts on your downpipes. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, as we know, we've had sudden downpours. So we have possibly, you know, days worth of rain in, in a sudden um, downpour. And it's great to be able to save that for the times that we don't and for the drought. For drought. And then to be able to then use that in the garden as well. Any water, you know, then insect life, it just attracts wildlife. So yeah. it's wonderful to include it. Dermot, when people are now wanting to, say, maybe invest in their outdoors or invest in their gardens, how important are the likes of Instagram, pictorial things that people have seen? Does that create clutter? Or is it a useful tool? I think it's very useful. It's very useful for a number of different reasons. First of all, for inspiration um, and to show possibilities to build communities also so gardeners like us, designers like us can talk to each other, see what we're up, each other's up to, be supportive of each other, let each other know where we source different things. The other thing I think is really important is to realise that Ireland is one of the most amazing places on the planet to garden. Yeah. Because, and we complain about the weather, you know, quite often in this country. <laughs> but we have the best climate to grow plants. We're a relatively small, prosperous country, relatively. So if you're lucky enough to have a home, have access to land, 
getting out there and working with soil and planting planting plants that have originated from, you know, where Nicola has come from, where Matt has come from, where Mark has come from, uh, from all around uh, the world is really quite an extraordinary thing and seeing the change at different times of the year. So it's a great place to be a gardener, to be a designer. Wonderful. Uh, Mark, when you're when you're looking, uh, you're based down in the Midlands. Yeah. And you probably do some work in Dublin uh, or in urban centres. Do you find that when there's more space available, uh, is a smaller space a challenge or can a larger <laughs> space be more of a challenge? They can be. I suppose with the larger space, it's all about... Um, how much of that area you're going to develop yeah. or choose. Uh, and for me, I think I found one of the easiest ways into that is to gardens are often about stories and it's about people's relationships with the stories. So what is the story you're trying to tell or how can you help your client build a relationship with the ground that they're living on? Uh, what do they want to explore? So when you look at gardens that way, I suppose it might mean that you might have a general overall master plan for a large site, but then there's certain areas that you might work up or develop, specifically if somebody's just moved into a new house. Uh, that's quite often the case in the Midlands. Somebody has built a new house and they've got a complete green field. And then it's, okay, how do you work with that? And Nicola, in terms of the, the process, uh, and Mark's saying there, somebody has a new house. Does the garden tend to be an afterthought? Or it, or often do you come across it in, incorporated into the project? Yeah, hopefully it's incorporated within the yeah. um, the bones of the of the building, and certainly we would try to do that always in a, in in our um, company. But um, yeah, sometimes it is added on um, afterwards, which is uh, I suppose it's more monetary as well. People have generally run out of money when it comes to building the house, and so I tend to get a call a couple of years later. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would predominantly work in urban areas yeah. in, in Dublin. And so it's a very different sort of a brief that I get. It's generally much more about overlooking or how do I screen this neighbour or that yeah. neighbour or the noise different or the challenge. road. Or, yeah. yeah. So When we look at the business uh, of landscape gardening and we say, right, you know, is it like a building project, there's a fee proposal, there's a design proposal, there's a schedule of costs, there's a program and there's an end result. It really is no different. or Is that fair to say? It's no different. It's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a, yep. We what would. about your thoughts on that, Dermot? Yeah, it is exactly the same. But sometimes the work, I think, of the designer or the contractor isn't valued like the work of the architect might be. So uh, an incredible amount of knowledge goes into creating, a, uh, to understanding the space, create understanding soil, understanding the climate, uh, interpreting what the client wants. And uh, people, we were just talking about that, if, if you were commissioning a new com- kitchen for your house, yeah. you'd have an idea of a budget that you'd want to spend and you wouldn't be surprised by, for higher quality, what that would cost. I think it probably should be the same in in gardens. So we as gardeners and designers have a job to educate, I think. And do you often find that people are sometimes taken by surprise when you present your schedule of costs? Absolutely. That, okay. Uh, uh, absolutely. And we see value. And of course, we're one probably of these few areas where the garden gets better 
and better and better after installation. Yeah. So you, you get a beautiful garden to start with, but then as it evolves, as as it develops, if we've done a good job, you know, the rewards of that will be felt for decades. To yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, what about, uh, I suppose, repeat business? Does it tend to be, you know, you do a job, you're very happy with it, the client's happy, and then, then the next piece of work comes from a referral? And what about selling and marketing the business? It does, Bobby. I know in, in my case in the Midlands, it's often started with um, the one client I have and I've developed uh, gardens for several of their family members now. So it is word of mouth. Um, often I get contacted through Instagram as well. People yeah. see images of your garden. So that's a, you know, a great selling tool and media tool. Um, in the same way, probably not advertising the service as you would with other traditional uh, methods, uh, yeah. either, you know, online. It, it, it is, it's a repeat business. Really. And I suppose as well, another thing might be your relationship with other architects, with developers, with, you know, people who are doing things and building things that you can become part of that, that journey and, and take care of one part of, the, of that of that program. Yes, I think it's it's wonderful if you can work like that and work as part of a team because then when everybody with different expertise pulls together um, and delivers the best possible um, outcome for the client, then everybody's happy um, and everybody's pulling in the right direction. And I suppose that then it helps as well to um, other members of the team can see your value, yeah. and see what you're contributing, which is really good. So, Dermot, what about the future then of... of, of of the landscape gardener and the business of landscape gardening. Th- Where do you see it going? I think in this country it's very healthy at the moment. There's a good uh, client base. There's really good educational institutions. There's really good young craft gardeners coming up. So we don't only have the de- the design area covered, but we have people who understand about growing plants, uh, planted them, what they like. We've great propagators. So in this country, I think we're in a particularly good place and, and supported by uh, the garden design associations and shows and all that. So in terms of, of talent coming through, is there is the education piece good? Is there... Do you find it easy to get people to work in the area? Nobody What's finds, and nobody in any area finds yeah. it easy to get people <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, it, apart from that, it is good. I mean, our work, whatever level you're at, it's hard work. Yeah. Uh, every and at this time of the year, everybody is working all hours. You put everything into it. But we get so many rewards and people, you know, just from whether they've been having your, making this as your profession or just enjoying, you know, the day-to-day job. It it really is the most rewarding of careers, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, do you ever get a busman's holiday? Are you a gardener yourself? I I am a a gardener myself. I think you have to be. And I think... You know, I think a lot of people were inspired by Dermot and Paul there during the, you know, yeah. the lockdown. And I think they really made it easy for people to see that, you know, hang on, I need to have a go, get my hands in the soil, figure out what life is all about. Um, I do. I mean, I, I often, when, whenever I travel, I feel sorry for my, my family because I'm always taking photos of parks, <laughs> gardens, seats, benches, bollards, <laughs> pavements, <laughs> but it's all part of, yeah. of design. And yeah, the, it's I, what you do. Yeah, that, that's it. And just, I love it. And, uh, you know, I think we all love it. <laughs> uh, last word to you, Nicola, in terms of, 
your success at Bloom, how important is something like that to the business in terms of accreditation, recognition from your peers, um, you know, and all the work that goes into entering something like that? Uh, and Dermot is no stranger to no, it either. Well, he really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> We've, I, th- I think we're very lucky to have Bloom. Uh, I, we really are in, in Ireland as a, um, as a, to be able to showcase. Um, the weather was fantastic this year really again. It really was. Yeah, it was a good year. Yeah. And um, no, it worked. It worked very well. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It was great. It's great fun. I really enjoyed doing. Bloom. I mean, it's just, I, I suppose I work quite a lot often in, in isolation, so it's really nice to get out and, and uh, chat to... Meet a few other. people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, I think your three wonderful ambassadors <laughs> for your craft and for your trade. Uh, our industry review was on garden designers and landscapers. I want to thank my guests, Nicola Haynes, a landscape designer indeed, Mark McDowell, principal landscape architect and garden designer at Hochter Smith, and our old friend, Dermot Gavin, uh, a man known to anybody who has a garden. So thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Bobby. And let's hope the weather you, brings fair winds. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.